0: to this week's message from Freedom Church. For more info on freedom, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Woo. Hello. I'm hot. Finally. Waited my whole life to hear that. Okay. So, I'm not usually the person who likes to stand up here in front of a whole bunch of people. I like to be in the back where people don't see me as much. But since I'm here, we're going with it, right? Right. Okay, so let's open with prayer first. So, thank you, Father, for this morning. I thank you and praise you for everything that you're going to do this morning in this service. Father, open our hearts, our minds, our lives to you, and we give you complete power and permission to move in the way that you choose today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so I shared this with the women on a Wednesday night a couple of weeks ago, and I have noticed over the years that when God gives you a little vision or something, every now and again, it's just for you and you keep that to yourself. But the majority of the time, it is not just for you, for you to keep it to yourself. It's for the people around you as well. So when Pastor Jason asked me to speak, I thought, oh, God, okay, this one's not for me. I am sharing. So, here we go! (laughs) So, our family has been through a bit of a rough patch lately, and now that it's hopefully mostly finished, we've been, I have been reflecting on the past three years and looking at at all the things that have happened, and it is now time to write the narrative, which is the broken record that you replay over and over and over and over in your head. And so, since I know that I'm going to do that anyway, I'm trying to, to write something healthy and something that is positive so that when it starts up, I don't go spiraling back down into the darkness that it took Jesus so long to get me out of in the first place, right? Okay, I think most people just use facts when they're writing narratives. When you go through a day, you just file everything. This was positive and this was negative, but facts and feelings are really tricky. I can say the same three words, two completely different ways and paint two totally different pictures for you, right? Here, I'll give you an example. No, you can't. Or no, you can't, right? Two separate scenarios completely. Sorry for yelling. It takes all the information to make a complete and accurate picture of what is actually happening in your life. And so, it is also your responsibility, right? It is your responsibility to hear everything, not just the voices that are shouting the loudest. Because those are the ones that want to be heard, but they're not always the truth. What exactly is God doing here, right? What is God doing in your life? We know... And hopefully all of us accept that God has a grand design for each one of our lives. But he gives us a pen too, a big invisible one. We get to narrate the stories and tell the tales of everything that God has done for us in our lives. And it is so important that we do that. Because how is the next generation going to know where do you find a win? How is the next generation going to know when you blew it how to not go there? Right? Negativity can move in really fast sometimes if you're not paying attention. And if you look closely, it is probably because you haven't been taking care of yourself spiritually. Or the negativity could invade because the problem is just too big. It may not be your fault, but it is your problem. And in that case, it's time to involve some others in your process. Think of it like this. If you broke your arm, You would not hesitate for one second to run to the hospital and go get that taken care of. Get help. Get the help you need. Okay? We hear all the time about self-care though. All over Facebook, it's all about the getting your toes done, your fingernails did, get the hair did, right? The baths with all the scented goodies, good food with friends, self-care, it's so important. But how many of us are actually taking care of ourselves spiritually? Where's the self-care there and what does that look like anyway? Are you reading your word? I know somebody says it from this place right here every single every single week, right? Somebody says are you reading your word? But are you reading your word? <laughs> we live in a world of bible snippets and half truths. Like God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and they completely leave out that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. The powerful part. You think that's an accident? I don't think so. I don't think so. And when we get into trouble with these half-truths and Bible snippets as our armor, Ooh, folks, come on, come on. you can believe we are about to be very disappointed. Thinking God, that did not, thinking God didn't do what he said he would, because that's what happens, right? Lots and lots of people over the years have walked away from God because they thought he broke his word to them. And what happened was, is they didn't read it. Another tool is worshiping, moving right along. Turn on the music that you love. But if you want a more impactful experience with God, choose worship music that speaks to the character and nature of God. Mm-hmm. You already know how you feel. You don't need all that. Right? right? Worship helps our emotions by focusing them on the right things and submitting them to the Holy Spirit. Turn it up and enjoy it. Worship and the Word together create a beautiful harmony. And the fact that the Word already gives life, yes, yes, Then through the power of music, our emotions become intertwined with that life. And voila, you have worship. The people around you matter. They speak life into dead places that you thought were only moderately sick. And choose them wisely, folks. Choose them wisely. We like to say around here the ones that know you, know God, love you, love God and have your best interests in, in mind. I like to write personally. I like to lay it all out on the table and just look at it and see what is really happening. What is the state of the affair here? How about praying? When you pray, do you remember praying is not about what you want? It's not what it's about. It's about wanting what God wants. Getting in a position to want what God wants. We forget that because we need a new car. Yeah. As you can tell, I've been talking to Jesus about this a lot because I want my narrative to reflect the truth, not some crazy lie that sends me spiraling like I told you a minute ago. Because I'm looking for where the truth showed up, where Jesus is in my story. Where was Jesus at? Come on. That's it. I'm looking for the bigger picture. In this search, God showed me a picture and spoke some words that were pretty powerful to me. So I'm going to hope that you're going to feel the same way. We'll see how it goes. So I was watching the fireworks. I was sitting at the tailgate at a park with my grandkids and my husband and a daughter. We're just sitting there enjoying the fireworks, playing the music. And I start feeling Jesus. He's near. And he wants to talk to me. And so... We talk. I started hearing the song very quietly in my mind. And the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air. Real quietly. And in my mind, I was transported back to the war these fireworks represent. I saw bombs bursting everywhere, literally. I felt each blast in my chest. There were bullets whizzing near my ear. The blasts were so loud that I felt like I had been deafened. There was chaos all around me. It was dark and smoky and cold. The destruction of the bombs was everywhere. There were bodies everywhere. Blood and mud stained everything. I felt the worry of all the mothers and sisters and daughters waiting to hear if there husband or son or father was okay. I felt the heaviness of the men that were in battle, dirty and hungry and wondering if they're gonna make it through the day. Can you imagine that heaviness? I felt the grief of those lost in the fighting and heard the loud cries in the morning. And then we came back to present day. I looked around me and I saw music and cooking, laughing, all the oohs and ahs of the 4th of July. And the bombs that once destroyed were now a beautiful display of fireworks. Imagine the people that were stuck in that war. I imagine that they would not think someday, this is going to be a fabulous memory. I can't wait to remember this, right? They probably thought it was so terrible that nothing good could ever come from it. Life for them was changed forever forever, and nothing would ever be right again. Have you ever felt that way? Maybe it wasn't for them. They had no idea that their sacrifice would mean freedom to the generations that followed. And I am sure that they certainly never imagined a national holiday in honor of that for 200 years that they would never see. Now, switch gears. Can you imagine the disciples after Jesus' death? Grief stricken, guilt ridden. You know, the enemy did not lose out on his chance to talk, he does not. I can just imagine that he whispered into their ears, you failed and you changed nothing. Can you imagine hearing that? They felt it. Can you imagine how Peter felt every single time that rooster crowed every day? That deep regret that just ate his soul. They probably thought things would never be right again. Their minds were full of awful memories that felt permanent, wondering how how in the world did this all go so wrong? Because they were all in. They left their lives and comfort zones to go on the biggest adventure in history, right? The biggest adventure. And I'm sure they thought they believed everything that Jesus told them. I'm sure they felt that way. They walked with him daily for three years, every day, learning, growing, moving except that he had told them many times of his impending death. They just did not understand what he meant. They didn't understand what his true focus was because we filter everything through our, ex- our own personal experiences, not what actually is happening in front of our eyes. Jesus was, and he still is, playing a long game. He is not just taking care of this one generation in time that he's dealing with. We get so consumed with what we see and what we want that our focus lands on unimportant things. Three days later, they got to see just a sparkle of the glory that Jesus had in store. He revealed, and maybe they finally understood, that his focus was not on the politics of the day, not on making everybody's day-to-day life a little easier, It wasn't even on healing everyone, it was on all of humanity from beginning to end and not just the few little chosen, right? This is a special moment in history, this is when we all get introduced to the bigger picture, something that we still even now can only see in part, the bigger picture. Once upon a time, I thought planning for my kids' college was forward-thinking. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about retirement yet. So, I want to show you some four, for some, try that one more time. I'm going to show you four areas that you might want to tweak just a little in your life. If you would like to see the bigger picture in your life. So, number one is focus. Our focus is incredibly important. It can work like a magnifying glass. What filter are you looking through when you look at your life? How about bad experiences? And your pain filter. How does the world look when you look through pain? Fabulous, right? How about your dreams and plans? What about your ambition and your ministry? Ooh. All these filters cloud the picture God has painted for us because they show skewed images. We have to look through the word of God because it tells you the focus of the creator. What are his plans? What did he spend all of his time creating you for? Have you asked him? There's a spiritual aspect and consequence to every natural thing. Where your eyes look is what your heart is going to record for later. Are you recording facts for later? Feelings, maybe? Or are you looking at the nudging of the Father for a greater purpose? Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, yeah. the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Yes, Lord. All through scrip- Scripture, God whispers about his desire for humanity. He lays out a path to keep us safe and on track for his purpose, his purpose, in this time. And his promises are for a thousand generations. Have you prayed blessing on your family and friends? Yeah. How about your children and grandchildren? Of course. Have you prayed that your victories and suffering bless those that come after you in any way for a thousand generations? Can you imagine your worst day blessing someone or redirecting their path or changing their eternity? You have to remember that our focus directs our feet and our feet have little feet that follow. Right? Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. Sometimes, when things get crazy in life, you just have to get up. You need to find someone else in need and take the focus off of your problems and become the solution to someone else's. It will give you some room in your head, yeah. right? We need that sometimes. It might allow God to establish a new filter so that you can see things a little plainer. Where's your focus? Can you imagine the disciples when they all heard that Jesus was alive again? It was a bunch of men, so I'm going to go with logic was their first thing. Sorry. <laughs> it is what it is. Logic says that he can't be alive. They watched him die, right? Right? Logic tells a man that you're talking about my friend and spreading rumors, and that hurts my heart, right? Then a little glimmer of hope, maybe, hopefully, started to brew in their heart, like what if he is alive, right? Momentum takes hold, and they have to run. They have to know and find out, so they are running to find their friend, They saw many miracles, saw him raise people from the dead, but he was gone now, right? But what if logic is wrong? Sorry, guys. Sometimes logic is wrong. Imagine when Jesus proves to doubting Thomas that he is, in fact, back. Scars and all. Imagine when he forgives Peter. Every logical thing that they learned is now history. Every word from the enemy decimated. It's over. The enemy doesn't win today. You know, they have in their mind, they're going to start thinking of all the things that could be, right? All the things that could be. Second area we're going to look at today is hope. A few years ago, our home flooded in Hurricane Harvey. We lost pretty much everything. And my husband, a couple of days before that hurricane moved through, had just had a heart procedure. So he is supposed to be laying flat on the couch, quietly, while, you know, we're supposed to be busting out walls, ripping up floors, and throwing furniture on the side of the road. So that was interesting. I was a little bit stressed. And one night, while I was cooking hot dogs, which just so happens to be my least favorite food on earth, so I'm standing at the stove whining to myself about hot dogs and I reached for a wooden spoon and I don't own one anymore and so I just started crying I don't have a 33 cent wooden spoon and I asked God have you completely forgotten me have you completely forgotten me and about that time a friend called and she said I'm coming over I've got supplies for you I'm bringing clothes You just are going to be so happy when I get there. So she, you know, just bombs in. She's got all this stuff. She's throwing so much stuff at me, I didn't even have time to put it up or look at it. Later on that evening, I was going through one of the bags of clothes, and I'm just ripping through it because it's great stuff, and I'm really excited. And at the bottom of that bag, a wooden spoon. So I call her, and I was like, hey, why'd you put a wooden spoon in the bottom of that bag? That's a little weird. She's like, I didn't put a spoon in the bag. Like, you didn't? Are you sure? I'm sure. Why would I put a spoon in the bag? That's weird. (laughs) Well, I know who put the spoon at the bottom of the bag, guys. You are not forgotten. In your day that you feel forgotten, you are not forgotten. You are not alone. Hope gives us the courage needed to get up and try again. Hope that things could be different this time, that everything will be okay, and that we are not forgotten. Without hope, we are often lying in bed looking at the underside of a blanket without the hope or will to move. Listening to the lies of the enemy, sound familiar? But hope, even borrowed hope from someone else, can bring on a momentum that can propel you into your beautifully designed future. And it's contagious. Bring someone with you. Yes. David famously said in Psalm 27:1, I would have given up hope had I not seen the goodness of God in the land of the living. Yes, Lord. In the here and now, the goodness of God brings hope. But you have to look for it. It doesn't just walk on in and sit on your lap. Got to look. Romans 15, 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the holy spirit. And what are you supposed to do with that overflow, guys? You're supposed to gush all over the people around you. Give them a little bit of hope too. Yes. Right? It's not all for you. It's not all about you. Come on. I always loved Romans 8:28. It was my favorite until I thought Jesus failed me. Big It says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his plan and his purpose. We kind of let that part go. It was only when I decided to look at the whole verse and not just my favorite part that it became a favorite again. We usually think about this scripture in difficult times, right? We testify that God has our back when things get tough. Because he does I always got hung up in the happy part of this verse all things work together for our good for my good I like good good is fun we define good things and we believe that we should be able to define those things ourselves things that make us happy things that seem like they should be good and what's wrong with that Surely God wants us to be happy, right? But that's not what the scripture says, and it's not what it's about. It's about a bigger picture, and it's God's plan, God's purpose, not ours. And I can tell you for sure it's not my plan because if it were my plan, my plan would be fabulous, by the way. I would have been a billion-dollar lottery winner a couple of weeks ago, and I would be in my backyard petting goats. That's what I love, right? Right? God doesn't listen to our plans Because sometimes they're just fruitless (laughs) I bet you have an alternative plan Where money is no object And the things are simple And easy Right If God would just listen to our plan If he did We would be weak Lazy Useless Piles of sin That's our inherited nature We need to remember that we are his children, and he's the father. He defines what is good, right? He decides what is going to be served and when. Adversity builds muscles and resolve. That's not something that's born into us most of the time. God has this awesome plan, and we get to be a part of it. We're not forced Some of you might not be appreciating this grand design when you are the one stuck, when you are the one who feels like you have been treading water forever. But you have to remember that treading water is still exercise. He may have you in an uncomfortable place so you can grow new muscles that you are going to need to carry the next victory he's sending you. Whatever struggle you're facing in this season, it's probably the very thing that's developing you to carry the weight of your next season. Because he doesn't just thrust us into places that we're unprepared for. When you look back on your life, you're going to see many of those hard times. If you actually look, those are training grounds. God created us to be successful. He designs our strengths and weaknesses, trials and victories according to what we're going to need in this lifetime, for his plan. That's right. He designs these struggles and pains so not only we get to benefit, but the people around us, the ones that come next, by growing into a deep, loving reflection of our Savior through and because of this messy, imperfect, perfect plan. Mm-hmm. Because he's a big-picture God. God. But don't think he misses one tiny detail. He does not. I want you to imagine one more time the ascension of Jesus. The disciples having to say goodbye to their best friend. They loved him dearly. To witness him just float up into the clouds. It's all filled. They were probably a little afraid, a little sad, and very excited. They had been given instructions and now know the way that they should go. But with all the knowledge and experience these men had, they still had no clue about the upper room. They still had no clue of all the adventures that were still coming. They just didn't know. Think about all the stories that we read about. They had no clue. God only gives us a little tiny piece at a time because that is all our minds can carry I mean, I get overwhelmed just by like gas prices. <sighs> <laughs> Third place I want you to look is at steadfast, being a steadfast human being. Nobody even says that word anymore. You are going to have a day where you want to throw in the towel. You just are. We all do. Life is tough. We all face loss and pain and want yeah. eventually. We will all face those things in our lifetime. James 1 and 12 says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. The trial is life, guys, not a singular event in your life. Your entire life. God moves in the ordinary, mundane, terrifying, painful, anxious, and exciting places. While you're doing dishes, there's an exciting place. Mowing the grass, yelling at your kids, you yell at your kids. Yeah. In the ordinary, you can allow God's love to reign and move. And people notice that, it changes them. They notice how you handle a struggle, that can change them too. Yeah. Yeah. It preaches more sometimes than your, ever, your words ever will. Isaiah 50 and 7 says, For the Lord God will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore I have set my face like flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. In some of the situations that we face in life, we are going to need clarity from the Lord to move. And sometimes we just have to stand and wait on him and set our face like flint, like a stone, until the purpose is revealed to stand in the resolve that God is with you and you are going to be okay. Come what may, R.U. Darby tried his luck drilling gold during the California gold rush with his uncle, who owned a license to mine on a small gold deposit. Gold deposit. R.U. Darby was from Maryland. He and his uncle headed out to Colorado to drill for gold and strike it rich. After numerous attempts to tap into the vein of gold, they had no luck. They grew discouraged and decided to quit. They gave up, sold all of their equipment to a junk man. Well, this junk man was a little smarter than he looked. He hired an engineer and they discovered that the vein of gold that Darby had been searching for was three feet away from where he stopped drilling. Three feet. How many times have you quit right before you hit your breakthrough? Most people give up way too easily. Steadfastness, if that's even a word, leads to success. At the end of my vision, Jesus told me he would take my worst day and turn it into something extravagant and beautiful like the fireworks for all to see. And then he told me, don't lose the context in the glory. Don't lose the blessing of a hard season all the lessons, when you see all the beauty that they become. Context is a noun, just in case you didn't know. The definition is the circumstance that forms the setting of an event, statement, or idea, and in terms of which it can be fully understood and assessed. So to make that a little simpler for you, the circumstances that set the stage for your understanding to be complete. That's context. Context clarifies a plan. Makes you run and throw yourself at the foot of the cross. No matter who's watching. Because it leaves you with a full understanding of what's actually valuable to you. It takes your focus, hope, and steadfastness to run with truth. And I will tell you the context of my right now. I'm writing in my head about the murder of our youngest daughter. She was killed almost three years ago, and the trial for the man who killed her was last month. It has been a process. (sighs) I have been asking God, show me the bigger picture. Show me what I don't see, and where are you in this? Because I want to see him in all those places, and he has been showing me. Did you know after the death of a child, a marriage is eight times more likely to fail than the average already failure rate? How about 83% of parents become clinically depressed? 67% of parents are hospitalized for mental illness. Addiction rates increase. And the book that I was reading told me the second year is worse than the first. And after the trial, you're going to crater. That's not my story. Come on. Yes, we were devastated. But because Jesus was with us, because he held us together, <laughs> he sent provision when I saw no way. He loved us through tears and rage. And y'all, I was mad. I look kind of tame now, but I was mad. And he still never left me, not one day. He sent me baby goats to hug because he knew that my mommy arms were empty and I needed something. He knows every single detail. The situation that broke you, that left you feeling like you couldn't go on, don't lose the context. And Jesus did that for you. You may have to dig deep sometimes, but he will show you. Don't forget, it's important, when you are looking at all the good things, that they are a part of a design that was meant for more than just you. That all the suffering and overcoming puts us in places that we would never willingly go. To take care of people that we would have never met otherwise. The moments that you have hated every minute of. The times you felt so alone, you just wanted to die the highest pinnacles of success and the joys that are so overwhelming that you feel like bursting. When Jesus showed up, don't lose that. It's valuable. And I know that your pain is real. I know that your pain is real. And I know that your fear feels real too. But I also know a real God. I know the God that can take a problem, a broken person, who just really wanted to die and bind those wounds, lovingly whisper into my ear, get up, we're not done yet. I know the God of the past and the future. Yeah, the one who understands your right now need, the right now need. The one who is writing a story so much bigger than you can wrap your mind around. When Jesus shows up and exposes the truth It is life-changing and history-making. The bigger picture I'm talking about is so simple that in our struggling, we can miss it completely. 1 Timothy 2.4 says he wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Mm -hmm. It's just that simple. You were created to impact the world around you. Maybe your sufferings will mean spiritual freedom for your coming generations. Maybe your victory will change the direction of a stranger. And maybe your weakness will impact others right now. Maybe they already have. So be made strong even in your weakness by lifting up your tired hands in prayer and worship. And strengthen your weak knees for as you keep walking forward on God's paths, all your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. That's in Hebrews. I pray divine healing for each one of you that you find a renewed strength in Jesus to correct that inner narrative to remind yourself of the truth instead of the many lies the enemy would like to keep us all captive to. Mm -hmm. Philippians one and six, I am convinced and confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. This bigger plan can be terrifying It's really easy to follow Jesus when you know where you're going or you think you do. Here's what I want to leave you with today. You can trust him. He will not leave you. He loved you enough to take time to create the perfect life experience for you so you could become every part of the creation you were created to be and to go do all that he created you to do. Today, I challenge you to take a new step and confidently trust the Lord. Trust His timing. Quit throwing a fit because it didn't go your way. And trust the God of your salvation in all things. You can trust the one that saves everything valuable, like your tears. And we can wait for the fireworks together. At Freedom, we want to help you have authentic relationships with God and His people to have real experiences with the Holy Spirit and to find lasting freedom. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you through this message or if you want to make a decision for Jesus, please reach out at freedomdl.com slash connect. For more info on freedom, including service times and location, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening.